When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. My name is Don Stott. I am a father who experienced estrangement from one of my adult children firsthand. Welcome to Beyond the Pain, a place where parents of estranged adult children can find peace and healing. In each episode, I hope to share stories that'll help you through some of your darkest hours. To bring this out of the shadows and stop being ashamed. Then to build you up and inspire you to love yourselves even more. I want to start by reminding you that I am not a therapist or a doctor. I'm just a guy who's been there and wants to help you have a life past our estranged children. If you need mental help coping with this or have thoughts of hurting yourself or someone else, please seek professional help. Welcome back, and today we're going to continue our conversation with Nancy Lee Clune, author of Banished, A Grandmother Alone. Everybody, you can't put everybody in the same round hole, you know, with a square peg. Right. So. um, I agree with that. Yeah. Yeah. So. um, Having said that, I think there's some basics that would help pretty much everybody. Okay. And that, and. And I've already mentioned some of them, but I think understanding that you have no control, mm-hmm. you know, and, and to detach with love and let go with love oh, and like find, find your own your own life within you, you know, your own being and what's your own soul. What's what, what calls you besides your children, Yeah, which with whom you have, you know, a, an estrangement and, and there's nothing we can do. We, I personally speaking for myself, I did everything I could possibly think of. I could write a dictionary, <laughs> right? <laughs> you know, and I, I tried everything. I tried communicating, not communicating. I don't know. Just you name it. Uh, 
You signed a contract. <laughs> I mean, a damn contract. Goodness. Yeah. Oh, it was bizarre. It was so, and I wish I hadn't. So, yeah. and that was under the advice of a, their therapist. Goodness. So, That's um, another thing that I've seen so much in the group and talked to some people on the podcast um, about these when the kids kids um go to these therapists like you experienced mm -hmm. and they tell them they're toxic that we are toxic or to tell tell us that they need to yeah. disconnect or whatever and i'm like you don't even know them yes they could have told you the most horrible stories sure right but it seems like you said earlier that that's a real ethical boundary that they cross when they tell them just without knowing anything else except for their story. Exactly. And, and uh, in my case, the story was all made up by my daughter-in-law. Right. And then when the therapist called me and he told me some things and they said, you did, I said, Oh my Lord, I, what? And then he said, you know, I don't think your son loves you. This uh. He said that. That's why he should, he should have lost his license. But Oh, my gosh. And I said, what? And he said, well, a son who loves his mother wouldn't treat her like this. So that stayed with me, you know. And even if that's true, even if that's true, that's a terrible thing for him to say. It's not something a therapist should say. No. They should be trying to bring you together. Yes. Or, or yes. just dealing with his issues whatever those are you know like, one of the two <laughs> they were in therapy and that's i don't know who cares it's all over and done that's fine but my interest in in talking to you and anybody else who wants to talk to me is to help mostly parents uh and grandparents yeah. who, who need to find a way to get back in in life you know in a in a yeah. real way yeah, and you know, and we talked about generational stuff earlier, but I've also noticed, like, obviously we're in the U.S., but I have people because I look at the, and I'm sure you could do the same thing with your book, but the analytics of who downloads the podcasts and whatever. There's people everywhere, all over the world, many countries, many, I'm sure, many walks of life. Yep. Yep. There doesn't seem to be a, this is one factor, you know? Yeah. Mm -hmm. It's amazingly. Matter of fact, you know, the, ironically, so when you do a, I don't know if you've ever done this before, but if you do a podcast or a YouTube channel or, or just record something and you're going to use someone else's intellectual property, music you need to get their permission or you need to pay them a royalty, you know? Yeah. And so when I started the podcast, I'm like, I really, f I, the, the music that I use is, was like one of the first few things that I, I heard. And I just, I just loved it. I was drawn to it. And um, the gentleman has some music out on YouTube. He's credited it in the podcast, but um so I, I emailed him. I'm like, listen, I'm doing this. You know, I, I'm not making any money at it. I just want to be able to use your music if you're okay with that. Um, and then if if something happens and I do 
start to monetize or whatever, then I would be happy to, you know, do that. Would you be okay with that? I kind of explained what the podcast was about and whatever. <laughs> I mean, it wasn't a, a day or two. He emailed me back. He at at points in his life had been estranged from his son. See, I'm and seven degrees of separation. Yeah. So I'm like, of all of the music in the world, mm -hmm. how it 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 just it befuddled me. Yeah. So there are a lot of people going through it. There are, there are. So, well, so for you, when you, or, or do we, we talked about therapists for them. I mean, I know that I went when, when I was knee deep in it. Um, and thankfully, and I had somebody good that kind of helped me. Um, oh, good. With, in, in talking to other people, assuming if you've talked to other people, have you heard any experiences of them? Did they seek help? Did you, uh, you know, have any thoughts on that? Oh, sure. Um, I also, of course, sought therapy when all this was happening. And I had a lovely therapist um, who, and who didn't actually had three and none of them understood family estrangement. Uh, yeah. I was surprised because now looking back, I bet there are more people out there who do because it's really becoming quite open. And, yeah. uh, and I, I, I also do some coaching and pretty much all of them have told me um, they worked with a therapist, but they didn't get it. The, the therapist didn't get it. Mm. They didn't get it. Yeah. And, you know, it's like being a parent. You don't get what it's like to be a parent unless you are a parent. You don't understand what it's like to be an alcoholic and recovering from that unless you were an alcoholic, you know, yeah. or a drug addict, whatever. We really don't understand anything unless we've experienced it ourselves. You know, right. We can't put ourselves in other people's shoes. It's impossible. So we, we do have kind of tunnel vision as humans, I think. We can have compassion for people and compassion for what they're going through, but we don't truly feel it or get it. So that's why I would suggest, and, and if you, I would, I strongly uh, support therapy, but find a therapist who has gone through family estrangement, you know? I mean, for sure. They, otherwise you don't understand it. They don't understand it. And a lot of them have said that, that the therapist made it worse for them because right. they, like, well, you've grieved enough now, you know, <laughs> no time limit on that. And you know what? You revisit it. It's absolutely, you know, you have your good days and then, then you get triggered by seeing a, a, a family at a right. place and you go, wow, I'm all by myself, you know, with my dog or, you know, maybe just my spouse or something. And, right. And, and then some, oh, and this is really important. I get into this space where I imagine my son's family has got four great kids and we'll see what happens down the road. But when they realize, you know, they, I often in my brain go like, well, they're probably having really a fun day today. It's 4th of July and I'm just sitting here, you know, and I'm just wondering what they're doing. And, but it, you start imagining that their life is this perfect thing. Right. 
and it's not. They're human like we are. They're having their challenges and everything as well. And yeah. and so we have to watch our thoughts. It's so important. We have to contain take the, the thoughts that hurt us and throw them out. Let them see them dissipating, you know, yeah. and them dissipating. You have to be tough on yourself and not indulge, you know, these thoughts about you know, all the wonderful things they are or do or they're doing because it's a fantasy. We it don't is. we don't know what they're doing. So I mean, it, it's like, you know, seeing some of these um, celebrities on the Internet that you take these wonderful pictures, but then you find out a week later that, oh, my gosh, they were just terribly unhappy. And yeah. of course, we all know what just recently happened. And it's like, <laughs> yeah, right. So it's like you just never know. And, uh, so I, I was thinking though, too, with, um, well, that's good English. Um, I was thinking though to people, cause I've mentioned it to people out, you know, before, but I've always thought that you get these other people, you were talking about them saying, get over it, you know? Yeah. And you have these other family members that then they'll ask you how they are. How, how are your kids doing or, or whatever. And I had a coworker recently, um, you know, I was, she didn't know a lot about the situation, but I was kind of saying I was having a difficult time because of this or whatever. And, oh, well, you just got to do what you got to do. You got to reach out to them. Don't let them do this. Don't let, you know, and I'm like, oh, oh. I, they don't I know, it. but it, you know, it's, it's hard to always be the one to do that. Um, and even now we're kind of always the ones to do that. Um, almost, I did get a message, you know, a week or so ago and, and we arranged a, you know, conversation. We don't live too far away, but with, you know, gas prices, the way they are, we're all being a little frugal. So, um, so I did get that recently, but you know, when you're, when, other family members or friends start asking that's really difficult sometimes either you spill your guts or you keep hmm. it all in and say oh they're fine <laughs> you know it depends so, on who you're talking to um right. somebody in your inner circle and who know what's right. going on then you can share but you know anybody outside of that you just go it's going it's okay you know it's it's still going on if they know if they yeah. don't we just go, oh, they're doing well. You know, right. just they're doing well. You know, you don't you don't owe anybody any explanations. Nope, that's true. And then just try to keep yourself, depending on where you're at with everything, yeah. keep yourself together long enough to yeah. get that person out of away from you. Oh, to... I, as time goes on, I've been at, I've been at this a lot longer than you. And yeah. um after a time, you just you you have a sort of acceptance of, of the situation, not a, not a happy acceptance, not condoning it, not, you know, celebrating it, yeah, <laughs> no. but you, you understand that you have done everything you can and, and it's time to just let that be. You just got, let it be, you know, the Beatles song. Just I was just going to say <laughs> my wife's a big Beatles fan. So yeah. Me too. And that song, Paul, Paul McCartney in an interview said, when he listens to the song, he was amazed at their wisdom because they really didn't have any, you know. <laughs> right. <laughs> and, and, um, so it, it's it has a lot of wisdom, and I I listened to that song several times in the 
beginning years of this. I remember one time driving on in the car, and I remember where I was. I was in, on Pacific Coast Highway in mm-hmm. California, crying my eyes out just listening to that song. And oh my God, you know. And every time I hear it now, I still get choked up because yeah, I I, I had something happen. You can cut this out. Just, I'll tell you if you like it, keep it. I was in um, Ithaca, New York. And um, I'm not religious. I was brought up Catholic. I'm not religious. I'm, you know, I, I am interested in spiritual matters and everything, obviously. Yeah. So I'm, I was standing in a church waiting for my childhood friend who lived in Ithaca. And uh, I was look, just standing in front of the altar. We were all, I had gone to mass with my friend. And when mass was over, people are sort of congregating. And I just stood in front of the statue of Mary, you know, the Virgin Mary. Mm-hmm. And it was a beautiful statue. And I was just quite, I was just looking at it because it was pretty. And and I I thought there was a tear going down her right eye. And I thought, how did they paint that on there? And it looked like a tear. And I was, and I, and I'm very skeptical. I was right. skeptical. So, and my friend came over to me and I said, how did they paint that? That's fascinating. She said, paint what? I said that that tear. She said, "There's no tear there." Oh my! And I'm trust me, I don't have these experiences. Right. Well, not, that's not true. I do, but I said, "No, look, right down her right eye. It's coming down. Let's stand here." And she said, "No, it's not there. There's no tear." Oh wow! She said, because she was sort of clairvoyant, she said, "Oh." She said, "Our Lady's crying for you because oh, man. Of your mother going through what you're going through." Oh. No, I, I believe that. I saw it. I That's saw wild. It. That is wild. How how interesting. And I yeah. that gives me comfort because I, it's not a story I was told. I saw it with my own eyes. And wow. I went back and I looked at it and I saw it and she did not see it. Wow. That's awesome. I believe in that kind of thing, but I didn't. <laughs> and I'm the one who saw it. Yeah. So do you... I want to get to a little bit more on your book in just a second, but um, just so that we, you know, wrap up with people really, you know, uh, gearing toward that. But um, it's it's always a difficult thing to think about, but with this happening, is there any positive things that have come out of this that you can think of? Yes, many. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah, cool. I'm really glad you asked that because, you know, we will never get over the loss of a child, whether it's right. whether our child is still living or not. We'll never get over the loss of it. It's just, it's we will carry that grief in our heart for the rest of our lives. I'm convinced. Sure. Unless, unless there is a prodigal son moment when they come back and they are remorseful. So. You know, and and but even then, how many years have they done this to yeah. you? You know, and so I uh, what? Well, there are so many positive things that have come out of it for me. I started writing. Um, I started getting into my my own soul work kind of thing. Oh, cool. Uh, my searching for peace, despite. The heartache, and now I'm not saying that this is a straight line, that this is constant, 
Right. I have a new sense of detachment, acceptance. I never call my son. I let him call me. And uh, and I'm not allowed to see the children. So I'm still like, all right, the hell with this. I, I cannot put my energy anymore into this. Yeah. I think the tendency for parents and grandparents is to put so much into their children and grandchildren that they don't live their own lives. Maybe you mentioned that earlier. Yeah, I was going to touch on that. They, they, maybe they travel or they, you know, they do things, but they don't get into their soul life. Right. And, and my soul was crying out for peace. And I got in touch with early childhood traumas and I've been doing a lot of healing work over that. And, cool. and, um, and I am in a really, really good place in my life. It doesn't mean I don't have you know, sort of outbursts of anger sometimes or and grief cycles in and out and, and, and mild depression. And I still deal with it, but I know it's going to come, it's going to leave me. It's not going to stay. Yeah. And I've gotten stronger. I've, I've become more courageous about who I am and being who I am um, authentic so a lot of good has come out of this. It's really, I'm so glad nobody has asked me that question before. But it's, cool. kind of, yeah. Now somebody, somebody, uh, the last interview I did, as a matter of fact, um, just, just earlier this week, reversed on me a little bit too. She asked me if I had shared this with, with my son to let him know what I was doing, you know, and I had at the first episode I sent to him, I listened, listen, we're talking again. I want you to understand, you know, and we had already talked at that point about some of the stuff mm -hmm. um, and come to some agreements. And I just wanted you to be aware because I did tell, I was telling them the whole time when we were first talking again, there's so many people out there. There's so a part of this group and this and that and whatever. And then I decided to start the podcast and, you know, so I shared that with him. And so she asked me about it. I'm like, wow, that's interesting. Nobody's ever asked me that before. But yes, I did. I did share that with him. So mm -hmm. do they have any idea that you've done these books or this book? Uh, my son, this is a pen name. Oh, okay. When I wrote it, uh, I knew that if my daughter-in-law got wind of it, right, there would be hell to pay for my son. And she would probably trash me on Amazon and nobody buy ever buy the book, you know, or whatever. Yeah. Makes my, sense. Son, my son has held the book in his hands. He's proud of me for writing it, but he won't read it. Yeah. Well, he knows. It sounds yeah. like he knows. He knows. He just he's in an unfortunate, impossible situation. Yes, so, he is. yes, he is. So I mean, not that that makes it any better or easy at all, but you obviously can understand. Oh yeah, sure. I can. He, you know, his father and I divorced and he, he has that, you know, dream of a white picket fence family thing. And I understand that. It's so funny you say that. Cause I used to say that to my wife all the time, um, that that's what I wanted. I wanted, you know, I want to always be here in case the kids want to come home and whatever. I had this white, the exact same words, white picket <laughs> fence syndrome. Matter <laughs> of fact, so much so that one year, she bought me, there's a little, I should take a picture of it to you and email it to you. There's a little white picket fence that she bought me. It's hanging on the wall. That's, so, cute. That's adorable. 
yeah so well so was there any so so when did you write the book um good good question <laughs> Uh, what year is this? Okay. Uh, I am 2022. I think it's been out for two years. Okay. Cool. Yeah. And is there something particular that prompted you to do it at that time? I think, you know, I had been writing the blog and I noticed that there was some sort of um, evolution to my writing because I, I took down half of it because of yeah. I passed that those points and I realized that some of it was a little bit shallow uh you know and I see that in early estrangement people you know who are just starting out like well I'm over it and I'm just gonna go on and you know and I'm gonna and that was a little bit of my tone until I got into more years of having to go through all this and I realized that's not that's not what they need to hear they need to hear that the pain is real. They need to hear that the grief is real and that they're allowed to have it as long as they need to. Right. As long as they don't drown in it, you know. Exactly. And that's kind of what I tell people in our group too, you know, when I when I talk to them and I mentioned it on the podcast that just you have to feel that stuff. Yeah. You just have to have some sort of balance. You well, know. There's cleansing in the tears. It, there is there is. And, you know, even now I will have, I heard a song, I wrote a song, I, I, I'm a pianist and um, I'm going to be recording music I've written on Monday. And one of those pieces was a piece I played for my son when he came for a visit, to, and, you know, one, about two years ago, I hadn't seen him for years. Yeah. And I played it for him and he cried and he tried to hide it, but he cried. Oh. And I, I cried thinking about it. So that's the first one on my album. So we have a very deep soul connection, my son and I. We really do. And I, I um, doesn't mean I don't get pissed off, you know, at what he's, how he's yeah. treating me. But, you know, he was doing a lot of drinking over those years, too. And a lot of that was probably because of that. And um, But he's got a lot he's got to figure out himself. And it's not from, it's not my, not my, uh, what do they say, wheelhouse. <laughs> right, right. Um, your question. I forgot your question. <laughs> uh, what prompted it at that oh, time? Oh, to write yeah. so I, 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 I realized that there was a lot, there were a lot of people out there who were starting to read my blog. And I thought, you know, I'm going to get more organized. I've, I've always written anyway. And yeah. so I just started doing, you know, I started writing it before I knew it. I was like, Oh my God, I would think of a word, you know, like your voice. And I'd write about how you lose your voice yeah. in, in these dynamics with toxic people who may be you know responsible for the um estrangement so god it's it's intricate you know it is it, it is so intricate sometimes mm -hmm. you know um my my particular story is you know uh, really not all that deep but i've heard some that it's like wow i mean there's so many different facets and different levels of it that it just it it just it amazes me still sometimes yeah with some of some of these people's stories and oh oh they're um, unbelievable yeah uh, i've heard a bunch too through my coaching and 
I, I don't go out like um, the author of um, Beyond Crying, Cheryl McGregor, I think is yes. her name. Mm -hmm. She's, she, her second book, she sent to me and I read it. And um, this is why I'm surprised I forgot her name. Uh, and it was a lot of interviews and research and stories and stories and stories. So I, I personally am over the story part. It's like when you start Al-Anon. I, I spent a year in Al-Anon for parents of, of uh, addicted children, you know. Mm. And, um, so when you're new at it, you have to tell your story. You have right. to. I mean, I had to. I went over and over to my friends probably going, oh, is there a gun? I want to shoot myself. <laughs> right. Right. And, and, and I finally realized I got to stop talking about it. The yeah. story. I'm energizing it, you know? So I, I deliberately stopped talking. Now that doesn't mean that if something happens, like I didn't get invited to my grandson's graduation, that I don't call my friends up, you know, and, and talk about it because I got to vent a little bit and I have wonderful friends who will get it out. Yeah. You do. Yeah. And, okay. Once I realized, okay. Then I realized this is nothing new. This has been going on for 20 years with this woman. So get over it. Let's get on with the day. This sucks. I don't like it. Yeah. And, you know, it is what it is. It's good that you can. I mean, obviously, like we said, it's never going to completely go away. But at least you can have some sort of a life. Yeah. And I, you know, I am blessed with a good sense of humor. And, <laughs> and everybody in my family is so funny. So I I laugh a lot. I can't help it. I I just always been a laugher. So and not fake laugh. I don't like fake la fake laughing. <laughs> but, I I drive my wife crazy with you know. I don't come up with them, but I find them and they're funny. But a lot of the dad jokes. So and she just rolls her eyes. <laughs> <laughs> well, whatever makes you laugh. Who cares? That's you it. Know? That's it. So. So obviously you've had some response to your book. Have you had parents reach out to you? Yeah. Oh, a lot. A lot. Cool. Yeah. Very much so. I, I, I thought when my, when my book, when I got like the, it's um, audible is monthly and then the book is quarterly, you know, the, whatever you make on it. Right. And I'm, I don't even know how much money I make. I just look and see how many books are sold. And my yeah. first week I got uh, something and I sold like five books. I, went, oh, I sold five books. <laughs> <laughs> Now it's in the it's in the thousands. That's I'm awesome. Absolutely amazed, you know. And that just means that there's so many people that need it. My book is a, is a little bit well. It's quite different from anything else out there. It's more of from the heart of a mother and yeah. a mother. It's very heart centered. Well, and, I could tell that just from the preview that I read on yeah. you know on Amazon. So. Cool. Yeah. Um, so obviously it's on Amazon and Audible. Are there any other places that people can find it? Um, Barnes and Noble. And, you know, every now and then I see something pop up on the internet that it's on, but Amazon's your best bet. Okay, cool. Yeah. You can return it if you don't like it. <laughs> <laughs> don't do like anything back. Do like that about Amazon with some stuff. So, yeah. Um, and, um, and I am writing a second book. So I will let you know when that's out. Awesome. Uh, same uh, basic subject matter or? Same subject matter. It goes deeper. Cool. Because, well, because it, you know, with, with time, you know, I'm a, I'm a long hauler. Here. Would you yeah. say 20 years? 20 years I've been dealing with her. Yep. Wow. And the, and the contract was the first year 
Wow. Uh, and, then, and then the ultimate cutoff was um, 12 years ago. So I had some time with the children in between, thank God. But which made it harder because I knew them and we we were, you know, very yeah, double-edged sword. You get to know them and then they're yanked away. You well, know, so it's, it's a terrible thing to do the, to the children. To the kids, yeah. I mean, don't like me, okay, fine. Mm -hmm. But you know, you're taking what could be a good relationship from you know from them. Oh, it's a wonderful relationship. And grand grandparents are so special in a child's life. Nobody loves a child like a grandparent. That's true. You know, it's unconditional. It's so, it's so special. And they took that away. And I think that was the wrong decision. I would agree with that assessment. So, mm -hmm. well, I really appreciate you um, coming on and um, sharing part. your insights with us. And um, I'm, I'm really excited to finish your book. And Get audible. Get audible. I will. I will do that. Um, be easier. And do you have any final thoughts that you'd like to share with anybody? I know we've talked about a lot of things, but um, anything else that come to mind you'd like to end with? Yes. Uh, I, I would encourage parents and grandparents not to lose their voice. There's a risk to be in being authentic and honest, but I lost my voice. I, I just said, okay. And I went along with the program and walked on eggshells because I saw what was happening and I was afraid it would happen. So I was like, you know, always tight, tight, you know, contracted and nervous around my daughter-in-law. Right. And so I never spoke my truth. Had I spoken my truth, I probably would have been kicked out anyway. Right. So, if you're being inauthentic and kissing ass, you know, with somebody in your family to stay in the family or to keep that relationship, it's not going to work. You're taking either way, you're, you're, you're betraying yourself. And I guess I'm saying true to you. You don't have to come down hard. You can just say that's something that I don't think I understand, or maybe I don't agree with that. Let me think right. about that rather, you know, and if you're accused of things you didn't do, like I was, I would go, I didn't do that. That didn't work either. So just like, oh, okay, I guess you see it that way. You know, right. okay, that's your opinion there. If you, if there's a way to stay grounded in yourself and your goodness and your, and your good heart and don't lose that. And, and it may mean that you will lose the relationship for a while. You know, if you're honest with, with them. But I um, think if you're going to lose it because of that, you're like going to lose, it, lose it at some point. Yep, exactly. So why why add to it by by being somebody you really aren't? You know, and I, so many people do. They shut they up. Do. They don't talk. Okay. They're in charge. Okay. Well, I get to see the kids, like the contract. Yeah. You, you just. Wow. I, I know it would be, I know it's difficult and I know there's a lot at stake, but if, if it, you at least hold on to your own sense of yourself, you'll feel like at least you did your best. Well, and it's kind of like when, you know, I was going to mention this earlier. It's kind of like when kids leave the house and they're your empty nesters. Now, if you don't have 
some sort of a life of your own, Mm -hmm. then you're going to, that's, I think that's sometimes where parents, then they, they don't know, even know each other because their kids aren't around. Yeah. That's a good parallel. And and then the grandchildren come along and they put everything into the grandchildren. Right. Right. Gotta be something for you. Exactly. Yes. So that's a good parallel. Yeah. Well, very good. Well, again, I appreciate it. Um, and um, we will we will talk soon. Uh, good luck on your new book. Thank you. Let us know when that's out. And I will ma- make certain and share that with everyone as well. So, And, and I also have a blog. <clears throat> awesome. Uh, it's grandparentsdenietaccess.com. So every, you can just some free stuff to read there, too. Awesome. Awesome. Very good. Well, I appreciate it. And we will we will talk very soon. Okay. Wonderful. And good luck to you. Thank you so much. Okay. All right. Bye-bye now. So I'd like to thank Nancy for coming on the show. Please be sure to tune in next week to um, hear the rest of her interview. Um, I'd also like to remind everyone that if you would like to be on the show or you have some suggestions or you just want to drop me a line, please feel free to email me at beyondthepainpodcast at gmail.com. Also, remember, if you're hearing this for the first time, you can find me on most of the major podcasting sites like Apple, Google, Spotify, and Podbean. And then I'd also like to remind you to please try to live beyond the pain. Support for this podcast and the following message come from Coriant. Coriant provides wealth management services centered around you. They focus on exceeding your expectations and simplifying your life. Coriant has been helping high achievers just like you enjoy their lives more fully, preserve their wealth, and provide for the people, causes, and communities they care about. As one of the largest integrated fee-only registered investment advisors in the U.S., Coriant has deeply experienced teams in 23 strategic locations. Coriant has extensive knowledge spanning the full spectrum of plan investing, lending, and money management disciplines. Leverage Coriant's exclusive network of experts to craft custom solutions designed to help you reach your financial goals, no matter how complex they may be. Real wealth requires real solutions. For more information, connect with a wealth advisor today at Coriant.com. That's C-O-R-I-E-N-T.com. Coriant.com. You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who've already been on the experiences you're considering. So you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator.